Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. It is the heat wave. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. 32 teams in 32 days. We are breaking down every single fantasy relevant player on each team for the upcoming season. Today, we will be focusing on the New England Patriots. I am your host, the fantasy plug, Tim Petropolis, editor-in-chief of Brodo Fantasy and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. And I am joined by my brother, the king of this fantasy thing and lead fantasy analyst of Brodo, Michael Petropolis, Matt Ward, the Dynasty Don and the Fantasy Encyclopedia himself, also lead writer at Brodo, and Santiago Casanova, the genius of fantasy, Brodo lead data analyst and the developer of the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Talking about the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app for free today and get every tool you need to become your own expert and dominate fantasy football. Every stat you hear us use on this show today will come from the app where you can find fantasy cards, uh, player cards, fantasy player grades, usage charts, a start sit tool, who to draft tool, who this that's the tool to have at this time of year, uh, player comps, podcast, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and advanced statistics, including advanced stats like true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup rankings. This rap this app, excuse me, is free because of our patrons over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Again, a big thank you to our patrons. You are the best over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. You are the reason the Broto Machine keeps on pumping. Join now to support the show, the app, and join the best community in the world for as little as $3 a month. You get extras like an extra waiver show every single week, access to Broto Leagues. Does your league suck? This one will not proven DFS cash game optimizers access to cheat sheets, private team consultations, one of the most unique fantasy tournaments in the world coming soon and access, of course, to that greatest community, the Brodo community on our discord. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy the app, please consider joining your contributions go a long way and you get that those extras today. We'll be talking about the new England Patriots. So let's get right into the offensive outlook for the one zillionth year in a row. It is Bill Belichick at the helm, but the rest of the coaching staff is uh, questionable at best. Uh, former defensive coordinator and Lions head coach, Matt Patricia is in line to call plays after the former offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels took his head coaching job with the Raiders. So an interesting situation there. Although some people think that it's going to be Bill Belichick himself calling plays, which Bill Belichick doesn't really have any uh, experience there. He started as a special team coordinator as well. So uh, interesting, um, interesting situation going on in new England that everyone's kind of just ignoring. Cause they're like, as eh, Bill Belichick, he knows what he's doing. Everything's going to work out just fine. Last year, this might surprise you. It surprised me when I looked it up, they were sixth in the league in scoring offense. They scored the sixth most, most points in the league. That is insane. They ran the ball 48% of the time. That is seventh in the NFL this season. They added wide receiver, Devonte Parker, wide receiver, little Jordan Humphrey, uh, wide receiver and running back Ty Montgomery. And they drafted rookie guard, Cole strange and wide receiver, uh, Tyquan Thornton in the second round. Um, they lost some big losses, both starting guards, 
the left guard and the right guard, Shaq Mason, was traded. Ted Karras was signed by the offensive line needy Bengals. They also lose running back Brandon Bolden and wide receiver Nikhil Harry. So basically, as you can tell, besides those starting guards, it's they're going to run it back. This is basically the same squad, except they add Devontae Parker, who I think they're hoping could be a wide receiver one. But in order for that to happen, Mac Jones needs to step up. So let's get into the QBs. Mac Jones, the best rookie QB of the bunch last season. Um, he, what, to be honest right now, my notes just uh, froze out. So I'm going to go off the top of my head about Mac Jones. He played pretty well. Um, but he did not, he did not impress so much. 22, uh, 22 touchdowns. Uh, I think 18, uh, interceptions, if I'm not mistaken off the top of my head. Uh, but with that being said, played well sometimes, but looked like a rookie at other times. But most people said he looked like he belonged, and this is a high praise for a, a position that most people are, are used to the GOAT um, ever. You know, that's the only person that's that they remember in those uniforms besides, like, Drew Bledsoe, who also is an, uh, a, a, a million-time uh, pro bowler himself. So with that being said, uh, how are you feeling about this second-year quarterback, Matt, and uh, how far do you think you could take this Patriots offense? Well, as a, as a dynasty guy and a guy that plays primarily Superflex, I actually feel pretty good about Mac Jones. Um, and yeah, you led me up with a good start. Is the, the Patriots were a better offense than people realized. They were sixth in scoring in the league. Um, Mac was the only rookie quarterback to finish in the top 20. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and of those five quarterbacks, he was the only one of them with a um, offensive grade from PFF over 65. He had an, or a passing grade rather. He had an offensive grade from PFF at 80.4, which was 11th overall in the league. Um, yeah. Mac Jones is a much better passer than people give him credit for, I think. Um, and everybody makes fun of his arm strength and everything like that, but only 11.3% of his passes traveled downfield. So that was more of a product of like Bill Belichick keeping the offense kind of safe and the playbook closed to develop his rookie quarterback because he did have four, 4,260 air yards, which is 250.6 per game, 10th in the NFL. So like Mac can throw deep. He's not just like a bum armed quarterback. The kid has good accuracy everywhere in the field um, and he can throw deep. So if we're expecting all of these sophomore leaps from every single one of the quarterbacks that were drafted in 2021. Why not the one that performed better than all of them? I do think it's kind of funny uh, how everyone's hyping up like, like Zach Wilson, second year leap, you know, Trey Lance is going to become a starter, Trevor Lawrence, but then it always just seems like, yeah, Mac Jones is Mac Jones, even though he was the best one last year. He was good. Yeah. He was like genuinely a good rookie quarterback. And I think people are like, tying the recency bias to Herbert and Burrow. And I guess Burrow's rookie season was kind of his sophomore season, really, um, which was phenomenal. But, like, those are incredible outliers of quarterback production. What you see from Mac Jones is well above what you're supposed to get from a rookie quarterback, even in a good offensive system like the Patriots. I mean, it was much better than Brady did in his first year statistically. Yeah, very, very true. Um Oof. It's, uh, there is one thing that Mac Jones, he's not mobile at all, and he's going to be playing with two starting guards that are completely new. One of them, a six-round pick from last year that does show upside. Um, but also, oh, Cole while Strange. You're on the, yeah, while you're on the uh, topic of guards, <laughs> Cole Strange, we have a Cole Strange article. Uh, we interviewed him. Um, Luke, one of the Broto writers, actually interviewed Cole Strange, and Cole Strange was expecting to be 
he said himself he expected to be a mid-round pick in this draft, and then he got taken in the first round by the Patriots. And when I saw his name go off in the first round, I was like, wait a sec, Cole Strange. And I immediately went to the article, and I was like, yeah, it's that Cole Strange. And he was uh, definitely picked higher than expected, but it seems like a super down-to-earth guy. And, I mean, he was great at Chattanooga, so we'll see if uh, if the Patriots work some magic there. That was the, they're also, kind of they're the also bringing a guard. The, right. And that was kind of the story of the Patriots draft is every single one of those picks were higher than they should have been. Um, and, uh, that's strange, right? <laughs> yeah. Tim kind of touched on it too, is the thing that's going to limit Mac Jones's upside in general is the lack of rushing volume. It, it's certainly not the passing. And, and so for all of the people that are down on his ability to throw deep and everything like that, like he's going to be a productive fantasy producer in passing numbers alone especially in super flex leagues as a one QB, you're probably not going to rely on him and redraft much this year, but I think there is upside for him to have that ceiling, you know, unpredictably on a week to week basis. One thing is for sure. No one in this universe gives less of a crap about fantasy football than Bill Belichick. And he shows us every year with his running back situation. The log jam continues. Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, James White, all going to get work in that backfield. Last year, it was touchdowns that carried uh, Harris's performance and kept him afloat. Um, Hard to predict what's going to happen again, but I wouldn't be surprised if we have a similar situation. Uh, Cass, uh, you are talking about the running backs on this episode. So tell us about what you think is going to go down with these running backs. Oh, Cass has himself muted. Look at that. Oh, look. Damn, bro. <laughs> Cass, that is a, something that Cass does all the time. <laughs> I'm a little bit distracted right now. A lot of things going on, but uh, you said it best. Bill, Belichick and fantasy running backs are not a good combo. Never have been. And uh, I, I make a, an effort of not drafting Patriots running backs as a rule, just in general. Last year, Damian Harris wasn't terrible. He finished as a, a decent RB2 and had a good couple games here and there. But, yeah, those touchdowns are insane. He had 14 touchdowns in the year, almost one per game. And that's not something you can rely on. I think, at best, he's going to be a low-end RB2. And something that's interesting because, well, why re- uh, sorry, the running back room for the Patriots is really weird. As Brandon Bolden is gone, you may ask, why does that matter? It's because he had uh, the highest target uh, percentage out of all the Patriots running backs, except for James White. So what this could mean is uh, James White returning to his pass-catching role and being slightly interesting as a late-round target because that's his role. That That's one of the only constants in the Patriots running back room is James White catches the passes. He's not the best rusher, but he, he does that. So that holds some value, especially in PPR leagues. So Brandon Bolden gone. James White is a little bit more interesting. Other than that, they still suck. <laughs> um, one thing that doesn't suck is the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. So this is where we take our break and give you the Fantasy Football by Brodo app tip of the day. If you want to see it on the screen, um, then you can go to YouTube or you can watch it on the app itself. Uh, and little cheat code, the app has picture in picture. So you can like get out of the app and this will still play and you can do other things. Today, we're going to get into, honestly, what I think personally when I make my weekly lineups, the number one tool that we have on this. This is, I think for me, this is the most valuable tool we have. It is called the, um, it's called True Matchup Rankings. And what it is, is you don't just see this person is 32nd 
against the run, you get even more than that. So, Cass, why don't you explain to these people as we look at the Patriots example in front of us what yeah, I, true uh, matchup rank intends to explain. For sure. And uh, last time with the Bills, I, I did manipulate a little things. This time I just pulled it up and the Patriots uh, were the, the, the first thing that, that popped up. So the app's magic to skew that in mind. Uh, so what this does is it's not only telling you how many, like what rank this team has against the position, it's telling you how they compare to other teams, right? So if Travis Kelsey scores a ton of points against every single team, but uh, the Patriots hold them to half those points, they're going to be a hundred percent better than all the other teams that, so that's a points over average. And we break it down by QB running back, 10 and wide receiver, and even the, the quarterback and running back are split up between passing and rushing and receiving and rushing. So you can see uh, the QBs had a, a tough time against the Patriots last season. They were 32nd. However, they were not the worst in any of one category. So uh, for QBs passing, it was the 31st worst matchup. And for QBs rushing, it was the 26th. So they were a little bit softer on the rushing QB last season. That's how you use the true matchup rank on the app. And dev, dev leads to keep in mind that that those percentages are percentages against the players that they actually played. So right. one of those things, yeah. So like, it's especially like for tight ends, it's such a great tool. Like it's it's it was so spot on for tight ends last year in particular. Like it was the it was it made making my lineup so easy, so much easier. I will say that because that's, tight that's ends are, are more uh, matchup dependent. We know that. So if you see yeah. that uh, this team allows. 32% more points on average to tight ends. You want to plug in that tight end to your lineup. If they allow minus 50%, like we just saw from the Patriots, that's not someone you want in your lineup. It's, it's like, yeah, like Tim said, tight ends are what this is made for pretty much. And, and, like, it, right. it, and the other, and the other ones too, is not just for tight ends, but it's like, right. it, it's a big difference. Like if Cooper cup put up nine points and if, you know, Matt Burita, or that's that's a terrible uh, comparison. The um, Kendrick Bourne put up nine points. Those are two different types of nine points, and 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 that exactly. shows those that difference. So that's exactly. such, right. It's so invaluable. Um, but let's get into the wide receivers. Uh, wide receiver Devonte Parker, one the biggest uh, splash uh, addition for the Patriots. They trade for uh, in division. Uh, the Patriots are familiar with him from his Dolphin days. Should slot in as, as a number one receiver. Right now, he's 29 years old. He's had up and down years in his career. Um, kind of never really reached that potential that people thought that he could reach. So with that being said, Michael, how are you feeling about Devontae Parker in a what you what is a better situation on paper than he had in, in Miami? Yeah, so look, last season I basically evaded avoided excuse me all Patriots players and I was pretty happy with the outcome like Cass said Damien Harris scored 14 touchdowns and he was still a headache to roster like you didn't even really want him on your team and he scored 14 touchdowns um but man the market disrespect for Patriots wide receivers this year is making it kind of hard to avoid Patriots wide receivers Devontae Parker is currently going as the 58th wide receiver off the board um in ADP and like you said Tim he's in a better position than he was last year so I like him at cost. Uh, he he continues to be, I guess, like frustratingly mediocre throughout his career. Like people always wanted him to be better, former first round pick. But last season he was hurt a lot. Um, but in his seven active games, he was a top 30 wide receiver in four of them. He had three top 20 finishes uh, with third was 38th in points per game, 40th in true target value. So basically ended up right exactly where his targets were saying he would. 
He wasn't great in 2020, but remember in 2019, he did break out a bit. He put up over a thousand yards and nine touchdowns with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen, even at the end of the year. Um, and Mac Jones may very well be like the best quarterback that he's had in recent memory. Um, he was certainly better than Tua was last year. Time will tell if Mac or Tua will be the better quarterback overall. Um, but right now you could argue that Mac Jones is certainly an upgrade. And look, I'm not expecting a huge breakout from Parker by any means, but the New England Patriots did go out and get Devontae Parker, who is the only guy they went out and got this offseason. Um, so it seems like, to me, he could have weekly flex appeal. Um, and at ADP of wide receiver 58, I don't see the downside in taking the shot on him. Now, I think, Michael, you, you mentioned the one guy, but I think that there's a jambalaya now of other guys. You got Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar still on, on this team. They brought in Jordan Humphrey for whatever that worth. It, it, that's worth. They spent a second-round draft pick on wide receiver out of Baylor, Tyquan Thornton. The, it's it's a messy room, and, and with the Patriots, you know that they have trouble evaluating the wide receiver position, and you want to say that one of these guys could, you know, rise above the pack but which one you're taking a shot in the dark i mean i just took kendrick Bourne in the scott fishbowl in like the 19th round it's worth a shot in the dark around there but i don't see how you can roster any of these guys except for a shot in the dark a streamer wide receiver three play you know with some of the weeks how are you feeling about these guys mike yeah look so jacoby myers look this guy for whatever reason people he's like the darling for people they just love jacoby myers and his ADP right now is wide receiver 55, um, the highest of the Patriots wide receivers. And I'll tell you right now, Jacoby Myers is was purely a product of volume in 2020. I'm not buying into the hype that he's actually a good receiver or anything like that. He's a mediocre wide receiver at best. He saw 126 targets last year. He ended with 866 yards and two touchdowns. He was 28th in true target value, ended 38th in points per game. Um, that's a 10-spot net difference, which is not great. Now he has more competition around him with Devontae Parker coming in. And I don't see him going 87% of snaps and 23% target share again this season. Um, I'd be shocked if he matches those numbers. And you got Kendrick Bourne, who's going at ADP of wide receiver 80. Dude, super efficient last season. He was 37th in points per game, um, despite being 85th in true target value. He averaged more points per wow. game than Jacoby Myers did. On 70 targets, he put up 800 yards and five touchdowns compared to Myers, who put up 866 and two on 126 targets. Like, give me Kendrick Bourne at ADP of wide receiver 80 over <sighs> Jacoby Myers at ADP of wide receiver, wide receiver 55 all day, every day. I'm just completely avoiding Jacoby Myers in basically all formats. Um, Kendrick Bourne, like you said, Tim, ADP of wide receiver 80. It's not like you're going after him excited in redraft leagues or anything of that sort. But a nice late best ball pick, I think. And uh, if you're in a deep league, certainly could have flex appeal every now and then in the right matchups. But Tyquan Thornton is someone I'm not super interested in. Um, he was another one. Like Matt said, the Patriots just decided they were going to draft players way earlier than they were expected. I don't think anyone expected Tyquan Thornton to get drafted as early as he did. Um, I don't really think he's ready to be a contributor right away. Matt would probably be able to speak on that a little bit better than I would. Uh, but I, he's just not someone I'm super interested in. Matt, how do you feel about Tyquan Corn? Yeah, it's not really somebody that you should be interested in at all for like any format. E even in Dynasty, he was kind of going like late third round, early fourth round picks. So those are like 
dart throws of dynasty that you would stash on your taxi squad for two years and hope that they eventually see a 20 percent target share one year so you can flip them for a third <laughs> like that's kind of all taekwon thornton is and i think the patriots know what they needed and, and got what they got from him and they just need somebody to play decoy and stretch the field and he's fast as living hell so he can certainly do that um he he can sprint along the sideline and, and pull safeties back and and the patriot again with mac and the patriots looking at the quarterback thing is he, he threw across the middle a lot which which is a little scary but again he's so accurate that it didn't really matter as much um but he throws across the middle of the field a lot and doesn't necessarily attack the outsides of the seam so taekwon's there to to draw off and keep that the middle of the field open i don't really think he's going to see i mean I, I legitimately think his ceiling is like 30 receptions yeah, and, and you know Baylor wide receivers, Baylor wide receivers uh, don't don't have the best track record. Um, Mims, yeah, Mims and yeah, Coleman. I mean, and and that's the thing too is like you look at all of these Baylor receivers that were in the same wide receiver room as Tyquan Thornton as a four as a four year senior, um, that just like absolutely snuffed him off the depth chart. And look at where they're at in the NFL. All right, guys, tight end. Um. Hunter Henry definitely separated himself amongst the two tight ends that they brought in last year. Um, around this time last year, I said my bold prediction was that both of the tight ends had the ability to end in the top 12. Um, I was bugging on that one, but one of them did, and that was Hunter Henry. I think it's very clear now that Hunter Henry is the rece- is the fantasy interesting uh, part of this duo. Uh, how are you feeling about Hunter Henry and Joan Umat, and how you, uh, what are you doing with them this year? Well, we'll start with the lower of the two variables, I guess, and say that last season when we were seeing these OTA and in, in training camp reports about Johnu like lining up in the backfield, and we kind of got excited because he had some carries and some touchdowns as a member of the Titans. Uh, we didn't really realize that he was just going to be a fullback. Um, so I think Johnu Smith's days of being fantasy relevant in general are gone for as long as he's on the Patriots. He's uh, primarily a back, uh, blocking fullback now. He plays in two tight end sets sometimes, but was really, really low in routes run last season, like bottom 30. So I, I think we're good on Johnu unless you play in a league that rewards pancakes for points. Um, you can probably pass on him in all drafts. And Hunter Henry, there's a lot of late tight end targets that I, I think are going to be somewhat viable for that low tight end one position, um, you know, from like 10 to 12, because we know that that point gap is very minimal. And, and if you're missing out on the top three or four options, I guess, this season, um, if you want to include Pitts in with the the big three and Mark Andrews, um, then Hunter Henry's a pretty interesting option. Uh, he was 10th in fantasy points per route, second in fantasy points per target, 12th in yards per team pass attempt. Uh, he's got pretty minimal target competition, as, as Mike was leading up to. That wide receiver room kind of has... Devontae Parker and then a bunch of makeshift receivers that are just going to put together minimal target shares. Um, he's right in that prime for tight end breakouts at 27. Uh, we know tight end breakout a little late. It takes them three, four years to really get started. So we've seen really good production from Henry, even on the chargers at young age. So he's shown that he can be a legitimate low end tight end one. And I think you could feel pretty safe at a t- tight end 21 ADP uh, drafting him in 2022. It's I, I, I me can't, into uh, liking can't. Hunter Henry more. Yeah, I mean, I can't, yeah, you like, can't I disagree with that, especially at that cost, man. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna need someone in the red zone too, because you know Devontae Parker, he's he's a big target, but he's never really been that red zone dome you in the dome you on the top. Of your Randy Moss killer kind of guy. Kendrick Bourne's a speed guy. Jacoby Myers didn't even score a touchdown until like week 
15 of his second 14, season. I think, yeah, Nelson, maybe, yeah. Nelson Aguilar. The drought in history for Jacoby Myers. There you go. So yeah. I don't think I don't think Nelson Aguilar has ever scored a touchdown less than like 30 yards. So obviously I'm being I'm being a little hyperbolic there, but you know the point goes they're going to need someone in that red zone, and Hunter Henry fits the bill. All right, bold prediction time. Um, I'm going to go first since I haven't gone first yet. Bold prediction for me is no Patriot wide receiver or running back will finish as a top 24 player at their position this year, and no quarterback or tight end will finish in the top 12 at their position this year. So love it. I'm I'm calling for the same exact thing that Michael called for last year. Boycott the Pats. Forget about them in fantasy, unless, of course, you're rostering Pats defense. I will roster Pats defense. But besides that, no Patriots are, will be uh, gracing my squad. Uh, Cass, you're next. What is your bold prediction? I mean, you remember, by the way, real, real shit, quick, but... bold prediction <laughs> is is not something we're saying is going to happen. It's kind of like the ceiling of what could, of a scenario. OK, go ahead, Cass. I was going to say this is the worst offense, like a very boring offense for fantasy in all ways. And uh, the, my bold prediction now became I'm not going to roster any of these players. Except maybe Hunter Henry. That's the only exception. Everyone else is not gracing my roster. Uh, Matt, what you got? Yeah, I I guess bold prediction will stick with one of the guys I broke down and say that I think Hunter Henry has tight end one upside. Tight end one overall? Yeah, top 12. <laughs> All right. Let's not get crazy. I can see that. I can see that. Not, that's uh, not too bold. That's not too bold. That, that seems like one that could easily come true. Yeah, step Michael, it up, what about? Bro. That, that, all right, all right, all right. Step, step it up. I, I guess he can finish in the top six. There you go. I like that one. I like that one. That one's. I better. mean, I mean, he can. He really could. Like, that, I mean, the difference. The difference between tight ends. Exactly. The difference between tight end five and tight end six and tight end twelve yeah, is twelve what, is thirty like, points. Yeah, yeah, twenty-seven points. Uh, Michael, finish and off, defense. Kid. Hunter Henry is a tight end twenty-one and ADP. So. It's a big yeah. That I mean, well, guy, that is that is good. But yeah. he did finish he, as a tight end eleven. He's tight end twenty one in, in ADB. Yeah. Man, that's, that's, that's a steal. That's, that's a steal. That's why he's the only one. I'm oh like, yeah, like target. like for sure. You're seeing like he's in like the Brevin Jordan range. Yeah, that's crazy. Steal. Yeah. Steal. Um, my bold prediction is that the uh, Jacoby Myers ends as the lowest ranked wide receiver of the Parker Myers and. Uh, Wow. Nice. I like that. I like that hurts that. a little because I just grabbed Myers in the fishbowl, I think, in like round 19 or 20. Yeah, I was looking at your thread earlier, and I was like, oh, he's the guy who or seven, I think it was so. the 17th. It was, yeah. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> All right, y'all. If you want to catch us online, don't forget to follow us at Brodo Fantasy and at FF by Brodo on Twitter. You can find Michael at Brodo FF Mike. You can find Cass at Brodo FF Casanova. You can find Matt at, at Psychward FF. And you can find me at Brodo FF Tim. Um, yeah, we are coming to you tomorrow with one of the most different and, and exciting teams uh, going into the 2021 season, 2022 season, excuse me, the Miami Dolphins. So I know that's that two of the guys we've, we've talked a lot about the Dolphins recently. Two on of podcast. The guys. We have, know, we have, ha ha, two of the guys, a whole little, um, really like the Dolphins. Nailed so let's it. see, let's see what we're going to see. All right. So, uh, yeah, peace out. Tell your mother, tell your mother I said hi.